welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 23. I'm so glad you're listening in today. Whether you're hearing this the day that it airs or you're listening to it sometime down the road, I really pray the message of this episode finds you at the exact moment when you need it. If it does and you're touched or you're blessed, please let us know. Podcasting is so interesting. I record these conversations. Dave edits them, and Josh, our audio engineer, makes them sound good, and then we just release them out to you. I don't get to see your face as you listen. I don't get to hear you talk back to me in your car or on your walk. I have no idea how these land with listeners. So your tags, shares, and comments on social media, your messages and emails, they really do mean a lot to me. Even if you're hearing this long after it releases, please don't hesitate to reach out and tell us how it impacted you. We love to hear from you. We'd also appreciate it if you'd consider supporting the show financially. I know not everyone can do that, but if you can, it helps us keep bringing these episodes to you every week. We will continue to do that and they will continue to be free but it does cost us money and it does cost us time to produce them. So if you would like to make a one-time donation, you can go to buymeacoffee.com or to become a monthly supporter, you can follow the link in the show notes to Anchor. Thank you so much for considering one of those options. This week on the show, I'm excited to chat with my friend, Kathy Leiden, about her very interesting childhood, working as a voice actress and her personal testimony of how God saved her and her family and how he continued to draw her and lead her even as she tried to run away from him. I know this episode is going to be a blessing to many of you, so let's get right to it. Here is my conversation with Kathy Leiden. Kathy Leiden, welcome to Good Question. Hi, (laughs) thank you for having me. Very excited to have you on the show. We've known one another for a while, and I always enjoy getting to chat with you. So I'm excited about this conversation today. You have very interesting life experience that I think people will find fascinating. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Before we get into all of that, I would like for you just to introduce yourself and tell us about who you are and your family and where you're from, all of those things. Okay, yeah, sure. So my name is Kathleen Leiden formerly known as Kathleen Hurless. And I only say that because my fun fact, I like to say of my life, which probably many of you already know, was that I was the original voice of Dora on Dora the Explorer mm-hmm. when I was younger. That's probably like the biggest part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, life was over. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm. I grew up in New York, first in Queens, and then we moved out to Long Island when I was a teenager. And I've kind of been here my whole life. I recently got married uh, almost two years ago now. And we just bought a house in Lindenhurst. And hopefully that can be, well, it is the start of the family and the home that we're going to build together. Yeah, I mean, it's been great. And my home church is Bethel, United Pentecostal Church in Westbury, which is also on Long Island. I've been attending since I was seven years old, but I did leave for a few years around, I guess, my early 20s. Uh, late teens, but I am back fully living for God, and I don't think I will ever leave again. But I love that. So you were seven when you started going to you guys started going to Bethel. Mm-hmm. Had you already done the stuff with Dora at that point? How did that time period overlap? How old were you when you started doing the Voice of Dora? Yeah, so it's really interesting. It kind of both happened around the same time. Mm. It was my mom myself and my brother, who started going to church because my second grade teacher, Sister Fotine, she was also my brother's second grade teacher. And she would always talk about singing for Christmas at the malls with her church choir. And she would always like kind of invite us, but not really. And I was just so intrigued by it. And, you know, I always want to be like the good student when I was younger. So I was like, oh, I want to go, you know. So I would, I begged my mom to take me to the mall to go see my teacher sing. That was the same year. So when I was seven years old. So we went, my mom like fell in love with the choir. And she also grew up going to church in Peru. So, you know, God wasn't a far thing for her and faith. So she loved it and she wanted to be a part of it. So we ended up going to, actually this would probably be the year before because it was Christmas. So we went to the Christmas play at Bethel in Oyster Bay at the time. Mm. And that kind of started our whole lives at Bethel and with God. So the three of us were going to church. My dad wasn't coming at the time. He worked a lot too. So slowly after, so that year following over the summer, I was already like in acting and auditioning for things. My mom had put me into modeling at a really young age. Mm. So I was kind of doing all of that, like pageants and modeling conventions. So I was always a part of that. So a little bit after, I was still involved in that. And then we went to this one convention where a manager approached me and was like, listen, like, I think, yeah, or approached my mom, I should say, I think your daughter's amazing. Like, I'd love to represent her, all those things. And we kind of like just went with it. And that was kind of like the start of my full-on auditioning like legit process Mm -hmm. of acting and voice acting so one of my first auditions was for Dora Mm. and for (laughs) the Explorer which is pretty crazy and I remember that day so much so we were going to church now for like a few months maybe like five or six months and that audition I remember going they had like these like risers where you know you would wait for them to call you in And it was me, my brother, and my mom. And I think my mom, I don't know who initiated it, but we were like, I think we should pray before you go in. Mm. And meanwhile, like, we're on the risers full of other people all around (laughs) us, and we just started going to church. And we're like, okay. So we prayed before I went in. I go in. 
my audition. And immediately right after, they're like, oh, we want to talk to your mom. And I was like, okay. And like now looking back, like those things don't really happen. Like you audition, you say goodbye, you kind of leave and, you know, you wait to hear how Mm -hmm. long that is. So they spoke to my mom. And then later that day, the same day, we got the phone call that said that I got the role. Like it was like nuts. Like the same day, everything happened. And we were just so excited. I mean, it did take a while for the show to kick off after that. But that was kind of like the day that everything happened and you know it just makes me smile to think that or looking back that you know god was a part of that yeah yeah that's really cool so did you have to travel to do that or was that something that was taking place like in new york city it was in new york so everything was done in manhattan and at the time we were living in queens so it wasn't too bad of a commute yeah we we did take the subway But yeah, it all happened here. We did some traveling later on, but most of it was in New York. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. So then you, once it starts off, you, you kind of, you are like eight years old and you have a job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting uh, life path. (laughs) Yes. And like, I think in the beginning they did, we were like recording like full days. So three days a week, like I would have, they would have a tutor for me where I would have to get schoolwork from school. And like, she would do everything with me. Then two days I would go to school. So I was kind of like a little all over the place. Just, I was in a lot of places. Yeah. With, you know, a long time, but it worked. Yeah. So mm-hmm. as a kid, did you enjoy that or was it stressful or was it just, you didn't, you were a kid, so you didn't have any other experience to compare it to. I'm not really sure. I know there was, I can remember the stressful moments, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, overall, I think, I mean, I, you know, that's what I was used to and I was kind of, and, you know, it was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, but also I do remember missing like my friends at school or like, as I was getting older, like I missed a lot of, you know, events or social events and right. things that I wanted to be a part of. And I just couldn't. And those are the times where, you know, I remember being upset. And as a kid, like you go in there and you, you know, you're, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. And, you know, I've cried in the booth many times <laughs> <laughs> as a child and to the director. And, you know, they, you know, they, they know they're dealing with kids. I mean, the whole cast was kids. I mean, we would like, there were fights at times or like, mm. you know, little kid things, but And also my mom was, she started, she wasn't working for a big portion of my childhood. And a little after I started Dora, she got it. She had to work. So she got like a nine to five. And my brother, who was four years older than me, would have to, like, there were some days where it would just be us, like going into the city, going into the studio, and he would take me. Oh, wow. Just because I would have to be there at 3.30 or 4 o'clock to record and then my mom would meet us there after and my dad worked in the city too so if anything like he would meet us at the subway and then kind of walk us over there and then go back to work but that's so fascinating yeah it was a lot of on the go <laughs> I'm just thinking about it as a parent like how interesting that is just a, mm-hmm. this is a different lifestyle you know I mean it's just a different experience yeah how long did you do that I did that for, so I started when I was seven and they recasted when, right before I graduated. So I was 17. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like a good 10, 10 years. 
10, 11 years. Huh. So whenever that, I guess that job ended and they recast the voice, Mm -hmm. did you continue trying to pursue things in the entertainment industry or did you just kind of leave that path or how did that work out? I did. I was still being represented by my manager. I was. I mean, I was going into college too. So it was kind of like a more of a focus in education and getting my education and going to school. And I always like worked. I mean, aside from Dora, like I had like a quote unquote normal job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember like 15, 16, like after school, if I wasn't recording, I would work at the deli, like down the block Mm. or on the weekends. So when they recast it, I was graduating high school going into college I remember working I think I worked at Juicy Couture at the outlet you know just for like a discount on clothes and stuff but I was always (laughs) like doing things so my focus was still kind of searching for like acting and gigs and all those things but I think my life was always busy that it was kind of like whatever comes comes and I have a lot of things going on right now or at at that moment that it was kind of like just keep going Yeah. So it wasn't like this big dream that you had to be a star. You just, it was just kind of a thing that if it happens, it happens. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, I I remember sitting on my stairs and my mom was on the phone with them and she told me the news and like, it was upsetting, but at the same time, I felt like I missed so much of like my, you know, now that I was like a high school student and, you know, everyone's like hanging out and it's the end of the year and everyone's moving and leaving. And it's like, you know, this whole thing, like I was able to be kind of more part of that. Yeah. And I guess like I was okay with it. Like I wanted to live a normal, quote unquote, normal life. So yeah, it was, it was okay. It was fine. It makes sense. Like anything that we do like that is a trade-off, right? Like you say yes mm-hmm. to one thing, you have to say no to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, I can see that being bittersweet that it's over, but also that like now, okay, I can, I can just be an 18 year old. Yeah. So this is a, like a little bit of an odd question, I guess, but do you feel like for people that maybe their kids are interested in modeling or acting or they've been approached by people saying like oh you should get your kids into modeling and acting is that something that you feel like now looking back as an adult do you feel like that's something that's compatible with living for God because I think growing up I kind of was under the impression like that's just always a bad idea like you should never do that because that's just going to take you down a horrible path and you you know entertainment industry is filth and awful and terrible but do you think that there's a way to do it while you're maintaining a walk with God? And is it a good place for Christians to try to make a difference? What are you, what are your thoughts on that? That's a big question. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I'll start with this. I, was, I struggled a lot with my faith and being a part of that industry from my teens to, I guess, until I started throughout my 20s. Just because you're still developing, right? And trying to figure out who you are and going and living those two different, you know, lifestyles of, you know, you have that life where you're you're living at home, you go to school, you go to church and that's your life. And then, or you have this other life where you, okay, you have home, you have church, and then you have your job, which is like a whole different lifestyle and a different world and different rules that they, you know, and things that they do. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a lot 
and it was a lot for me. It may not be a lot for some people, but it's a lot to carry and kind of juggle and see where you fit in it all. Mm -hmm. So I think maybe like when you're a child and, you know, before your teens and you kind of just follow your parents around and kind of do what they tell you Mm -hmm. and you listen, I think it's easy and it's okay. But it's when, when, at what age does it start or do you start to question, you know, who you are and what you want to be and Mm -hmm. where do you fit in the world? I think that's where it starts to get tricky. Yeah. Like as a child and then as a parent, how do you explain that or how do you teach that, you know? Yeah. Especially if you haven't experienced it. And, you know, I think my concern would be how do you guide a child who has a different personality than you do probably into the right direction or where you want them to go, but also being themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess maybe for me, I I would think if that's something that they wanted to do, I would personally think the best way to go about it is to have them and be involved in like theater at at school and doing things locally and maybe not so big and kind of like getting those skills of like acting and being in front of people and public speaking and and doing all those things. And then once you're older, like as a teenager or graduating high school, like if that's something you want to do, like keep pursuing that. And then I think when you're older, I think it might be better. I mean, obviously, if there's opportunities that present themselves, I I would say approach with caution. You know, I mean, there are people who are strong and can do it and can be, you know, you know, God first and say no to people. But it's like any job, like even if it's not in the industry, like even whatever job that you may have, even for me, my job now, like obviously if they ask me to do something, I'm going to say yes. Like that's my job. I want to do it. You know, I want right. to uh, be a good employee and like even like on a midweek service like if I I mean I'm commuting into the city like if they tell me like oh we have this project and I have to stay late like you know I'm I'm probably not going to make the train to make it to church so I'm probably not going to go to church and you know you justify because that's your job and I think sometimes when you're in the entertainment industry it kind of gets a little too far because then it just it's just a trickling effect and it's just a little crazy and then one little you miss one thing and it just kind of gets bigger and bigger can get away from you yeah that makes sense it I think it requires a lot of personal awareness and like you know spiritual maturity yeah exactly and it's not even just the entertainment industry but in any place where you're kind of the lone Christian kind of standing out there right yes you can be a light and it's probably it's great to have somebody in that environment who is a light for Jesus, but you also have to to make sure that you can maintain that light, right? Like that you can keep right. it going and that you're not going to get yeah. snuffed out by everything that's around you. Right. I think that's just, I think that's just the world in general, but sometimes you have these very specific places where we're, I guess kind of the draw for the draw of that could be really, really strong for some people mm-hmm. and having to, like you said, as a parent, like balance, like what's healthy and what's wise for my kids to be involved in or not, or that kind of thing. Yeah. And even like, and I'm just going to add this really quick, as a voice actress, you could say, okay, well, you hide behind a booth and no one sees you, right? Like, Mm. it's not like you're following that image of you have to look this way or, and for me, it was like that for a while. 
because Zora wasn't big yet until maybe like 2012 or, you know, after it first aired in 2010. And, you know, I was a chubby kid growing up. So, (laughs) but it was fine because, you know, I was doing a lot of voice acting. I had Zora was like, you know, my main gig at the time. But, you know, as I grew up, it's like, okay, now, like, I'm an actress. Like, now I'm going on interviews on national TV. Like, people, like, Dora was such a huge thing for uh, the Latino community. Like, everyone wanted to know who I was. And Mm. it was very, for animation itself and that part of that industry, it wasn't really, like, a thing where people did that. Like, interviewed voice actors and, like, Mm. it was, you know, made appearances that way. But it was so big that I was like going here and going to this event, going to that event, getting interviewed on, you know, Telemundo and Univision and like all these things. And now it's like, okay, I have to look the part, Mm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and that image. And, you know, when I was younger, yeah, well, you know, my mom was able to be that person like, no, she, you know, she has to, she can't wear this or I want her to look like this and be covered and dressed like, you know, like all those Mm -hmm. things. But then as you get older, it's like, oh, now I'm not skinny enough. Oh, I don't look mm. like that girl. Like, no, I want to dress. I want to wear this. And mm. like modest clothing too, I think has been a bigger thing now. But back then I feel like you couldn't find anything, especially like as like a teen or a kid, like to find a dress or a nice dress that had like even like a little bit of a sleeve mm-hmm. was like <laughs> non-existent. <laughs> so like even that, like then I was getting nominated for awards and going to like these award shows, walking red carpets. And like at those times, it was very, very hard to be like, why can't I just wear this really pretty sparkly dress and with no sleeves and be okay? Like, you know, yeah. like it started to get really hard to make those decisions with my mom and by myself. Yeah. When you add the whole outward appearance part. Right. I can see that. Yeah. So you mentioned that you guys started starting going to church when you were seven and then you kind of left for a little while and came back. At what age did you get the Holy Ghost? I got the Holy Ghost when I was seven. I got it that summer. That oh, wow. Summer. That's mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. Holy Ghost and baptized. And the three of us said, I think it was my mom. My my mom was first and my brother and then myself. Wow. Yeah. That's so, as a mom, like my, my six-year-old just recently got the Holy Ghost. I know. I saw. That makes me like, oh, like he was with you. The whole time like like yeah. you didn't go in there you didn't go in there like without that and that that makes me happy for you <laughs> you yeah. know just looking back in retrospect <laughs> like oh thank you lord that you let her have that as she was walking into I that know. new experience that's so cool mm-hmm. but you said then when you got into your like late teens and 20s that you kind of veered off for a while yeah and I don't want to get too personal anything you don't want to talk about but I guess what I would really want to know is not so much what p- pulled you out but what brought you back there was one specific event. So, I mean, I guess I kind of have to talk about why I'm leaving to talk about coming back. <laughs> but, I mean, looking back at it, I don't, I knew my, you know, I loved God. I loved going to church. I loved my church family. But I don't think I was in it 100%. Looking, I was always on the fence, I think, and kind of riding the motions and the spiritual highs, like some people like to say, you know, like, having those moments at church, but then like living a different life after, Mm. or I don't know, it was just, I, maybe I didn't believe it at the time, but looking back on it, I I do see that I wasn't fully in it a hundred percent or maybe didn't believe it a hundred percent. And 
So after Dora recasted and I was going to college, I think at that point too, I was definitely, you know, living for God and living for the world at the same time. Uh, you know, I was going to those high school parties and drinking and like doing all those things. And, you know, even before then there were, you know, I was making like bad decisions and not dressing modestly and doing all those things. So I was just like all over the place. And Mm -hmm. after that, I think for college, it's easy to hide, you know, when you're in college and you're Mm -hmm. working and you go to church on Thursdays and Sundays and you play the part and you kind of just go with the motions. And so at the end of college, I mean, I I really don't like school. (laughs) So I was trying to get out of there as fast as I guess. And I was like going to acting classes too. I went to college for communications, but I always saw myself like, you know, having an acting career. So I was doing the work outside of that and kind of just getting a degree just to get one. Mm. So I made sure I finished in three and a half semesters. And I spoke to my manager and was like, I'm done with school. Like, I want to do this full time. Like, what do I do next? And they were like, you like go to LA. And I was like, okay, I want to go to LA. Like LA is like the place where, you know, animation lives. Like Mm -hmm. in in New York, it doesn't really happen too much here, but everything happens over there. So I was like, yeah, I want to do it. Let's, let's do it. So I ended up going out there for three months. And so I told, obviously I told everyone at church, like, you know, the youth group and I was like, oh, okay, like I'm leaving, I'm moving to California for a little bit and trying to see what can happen over there. I found a church that would be close to where I would be living and, you know, they pray you goodbye and then you see them when you see them, you know? Mm. And I think that was like the start of like, okay, they know that I'm leaving and now I don't have to go through the motions like I don't have to live the part I don't have to like Mm. like you know it was just an easy way for me to hide and kind of say goodbye because I think sometimes you know you're living this life and you grew up in church and you know you don't want anyone to think that you're doing you're struggling or you're doing all these things but it's hard to kind of like hide those feelings and hide what you know those Mm -hmm. things that you're doing so once I left I was like okay now like I don't have to do any of that stuff. Like I could just leave and leave, you know? Mm. So I think that was like the main start of like the leaving for good for church part. And and it's funny because I moved back three months later. (laughs) And when I went back to church, maybe like what, I think it's like five, six years now. I was 25, 24, 25. When I went back to Bethel, everyone's like, oh, like, how was California? Like, all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I haven't lived I, like, came back three months later. But everyone kind of, like, assumed I was just living there the whole time. So that's um, funny. it was funny. So I was living in the city for a little while. My dad um, was obviously in my life, but he wasn't going to church. He, you know, kind of had his own lifestyle. And he didn't want to live for God. So a lot of my prayers and our family's prayers growing up was that he would come to church and, you know, change his life. And even if when I wasn't, like, I always wanted that for him, you know, because mm. my mom was so faithful. I just wanted, you know, your parents to be that unit together. Mm-hmm. But they were having issues with their marriage, which my I think my brother and I already knew. So I remember coming home one day and my dad was like, you know, I think, you know, we're not you know, we're, we're struggling a lot and I'm moving out. Like I have to leave the house, something mm-hmm. kind of like that. Like they were 
possibly getting a divorce or whatever. And we both looked at him and we're like, okay. And we like walked out. And as like looking back on it as a parent, like that's like probably the most devastating thing like your kids could do to you. Mm. But it wasn't a surprise at the time. And it was Mm. kind of just like, everything was just like all over the place and we were older and we kind of just wanted to move on. And that's when I moved into the city. And while my parents were having like a really tough time in their marriage, my dad had moved out and he knew church people because they were very involved with our lives and friends with my mom. So he actually moved in with a couple from our church for a little bit. Mm. They took him in while they were trying to figure it out and really took him under their wing and were trying to be there for him and show them God. And little by little, he started to come to church and see what it's about and kind of change his life for himself. Like, I know my mom made it very clear, like, oh, even if you come back to church, you know, it's not saying, you know, I'm going to stay with you. Mm. And that was a big thing for me because I I wanted to make sure my dad was going to church for him, you know, Mm. because you know that you need it for yourself. You can't do it for other people. And I wasn't even going to church. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. But anyway, so I was living in the city and doing my thing and, you know, not looking at church or God and figuring out my life. and. I got a call and my mom was like, oh, your dad got the Holy Ghost and your dad got baptized. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, whoa, like, that's pretty crazy. Like, you know, and then we hung up and it was kind of like, I remember like looking up at the sky and being like, I'm still not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I prayed so much and like, I think I was also mad at God too, because I, my life went a certain way growing up, like in with Dora and my career. And then it, so one a big point, which I missed when I went to California to figure out everything and to have that career there, I got an interview with this agent kind of like on my own, which I was very proud of, but she kind of rejected me at the end and was like, you need a lot of work mm. that my voice as Dora kind of messed me up because now I sound like a sing-songy like I don't sound like normal Mm. like I don't talk or have the waves of like a normal conversation like a normal like voice should because it's like you know how Dora talks is very like high then low then high then low and like sing-songy and I was so used to that that that's how my voice was and I didn't know how to get out of it Mm. so when I got that news it was like And I've been rejected before, obviously, with a lot of auditions, but that was kind of like my big moment and my last interview and my last thing that I wanted to do. And I really thought I had it and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I got rejected. And also at that time, I was dating someone who wasn't in church and he had broken up with me over uh, through a text like two days before (laughs) I came back because later I found out he thought he was holding me back I don't know all these things but my life was basically falling apart Mm. (laughs) in my mind and I was like you know I'm in my mind I thought I was doing life with God but I wasn't but I was like okay I tried my life with God it didn't work I tried it oh so I'm gonna just try it without and if it goes it goes if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out like at least I'm doing me you know type of mindset Mm. So when I came back, like I didn't go back to church and kind of live my life. So now fast forward now to when my dad started going to church, little by little, my mom, you know, she was calling me and kind of pushing me. I'm like, oh, you should come to church. Like, you know, and I was like, yeah, no, you know, I'm going to brunch with my friends, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> little things. But then living, I think at that time, I don't know what I was looking for. 
things weren't really going my way. I wasn't getting another, you know, big break like Dora. I was working three jobs. Money was thin. You know, I was going out a lot, going out and partying, drinking and being promiscuous, having sex, like all of these different things and looking for something that I couldn't find. Hmm. And like people know, like I'm a very emotional person and, you know, I feel very deeply. And I think I got to a point where I couldn't feel at all. Mm. And sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, it was, I, I don't know. I just kind of was just living life, like not knowing what I was doing and kind of just making wrong decisions. And, and still like praying that when I made those decisions, like I wouldn't get punished for them. <laughs> mm. And it was it like, and I know, like, I knew the truth. And even though I was running away from it, like, it was still there. Like, I remember even, you know, even if I was drinking or if I was drunk mm. and I was talking to someone who was telling me that they were struggling with life, like, I would start telling them about God, like, <laughs> weirdly. And it's like, what a horrible witness, like, to do that, you know. But that's how, you know, so much I knew that God was with me and how the truth is the truth and it's real. And when God reveals that to you, I don't think it ever leaves you completely. Mm. No. So I mean, I got to a point, I think, where I just like, you know, your friends fade, they leave, they're never there. And or, you know, just life goes on. And I, I think I got to a point where it was like, you know, let me just go to church. You know, I miss my mom. I miss my family. Um, I was living in like a hole in the wall in the Lower East Side. So it was nice to go back to Long Island and live like in a normal home with AC. (laughs) (laughs) So to like, please my mom, I was like, yeah, you know, I'll go, I'll go to church. So I went maybe like once and then I went again. And then this one day she really wanted me to go and she would pick me up from the train station. And I was supposed to go out with my friends and like at like 7am on that Sunday, they all texted me and they were like, no, I can't. I can't go. Like something came up. I was like, okay. So I was like, there's nothing else for me to do. So I was, I called my mom and I was like, yeah, I'll come to church today. So I went to church and obviously I was like crying the whole time, you know, it's just, you feel guilty and, you know, it's just like the power of God is just so strong. And for me, I just, it's overwhelming. So I just cry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I was sitting next to my mom and, you know, I see the youth group like on the left and I try like, you know, I just keep my eyes closed and kind of just listen and not look around me. And it was the beginning of the service. And I think, you know, like when pastor or bishop comes up and they do like that little exhortation, right? Like before the announcements and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So a pastor had come up, Pastor Davis had come up. And he was like, you know, I I really think that we should pray right now. I forget if it was something specific or if it was just he felt like we should, you know, the congregation should just pray. So we started to pray and my eyes were closed and I was praying and I really felt like a move of God. And I was, you know, really overwhelming, like I felt overwhelmed in his spirit. And all of a sudden I start to hear like somebody speak to me in my ear. I didn't want to open my eyes because I immediately thought it was my youth pastor, Jonathan. And he left and he said very specific things about my life and what God wanted for my life. Mm -hmm. That moment, I knew that I had to make a decision that day if I was going to live for God or not. And Mm -hmm. if I decided I wasn't going to, I was never coming back. Mm -hmm. And I opened my eyes and I look at my mom 
and she's like in full tears and I'm like what is happening to you because what something happened to me but I don't know what happened to you (laughs) and she's like do you know what just happened I was like um like did you hear what I heard too like I have no (laughs) idea what was going on so uh, there was another woman that we were sitting next to. She passes down her phone. I'm like, what is she doing? And she gives me her phone and there's a picture and it was Pastor Davis, mm. I guess, had jumped off of the the pulpit, jumped over two pews, <laughs> was standing on the pew. Like he didn't go around the pew to like walk in. He like, I guess he had jumped over two pews, was standing on the pew over me had his hand over me and he was the one speaking into my life and God was using him to speak to me. And like, I've never seen him do that before. And mm. no one, everyone was like so shocked and I still have the picture and I always look at it from time to time. But I knew at that moment, I was like, God was trying to get my attention. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want, like, I knew I couldn't say no. Like, how can you say that God's not real or, you know, ignore that power and who he, who he is and who was trying to reveal himself to me. Like, I just couldn't say no to that. And I think everyone has their own God moment like that, where, you know, you have to figure out like, okay, am I going to live for him or am I going to ignore him or am I going to follow him? And that was my, my moment with God and where I think he knew that if he didn't do that, like I was just going to go down a path and who knows where I would have been. Yeah. But I know I look back on it and I'm, and my life hasn't been perfect. I've had a lot of ups and downs and really hard times where, you know, I, I wanted to give up again, mm. but you know, I made that commitment that day and I could never leave again or leave him and not follow him. It's just so beautiful when you think about how kind God is to us. Mm-hmm. that he lets us have these experiences where we know like other people could look at that and be like, okay, you know, okay. But you're in that moment, you know, when God is speaking to you, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like you said, very specific yeah. things that he probably as a man does not know, but because the spirit of God is speaking to him, mm-hmm. he can speak to you and you know that it's God. Yeah. I wrote down um, a little while back, you said that you had been doing things your own way because you said, I tried my life with God and it didn't work out. And I know that all of us have times where we think like, Lord, I'm doing this your way. I'm praying these prayers. I'm following you. And why aren't you giving me the things that I, that I want? Mm-hmm. You know, because we think we know the way that things should go. Mm-hmm. And even in those moments where you said like your life was falling apart and all of that was the kindness of the Lord drawing you back to himself. Yep. And in the moments we don't see that, we don't, it doesn't feel like that for sure. Mm-hmm. But if we can ever get to that point where we can allow that God moment where we're at, we're broken down to the point where he can actually speak to us, then it can change everything. Right. And so I, that's just such a powerful reminder because that can happen to people and they never walk out the doors of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, they can sit in the pew every Sunday, but they can still be experiencing that anger and that confusion mm-hmm. and that doubt. And God is so kind to each of us to know exactly what it takes to get us to that point where, where he, he knows he has our heart completely. 
Yeah. And I just, I, I love that. That's so, that's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So you've, you came back, you've gotten married, you've had <laughs> the most beautiful wedding I think I've ever seen pictures of Aww. in my life. Like so gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> and then in the past, in the past couple of years, you started you started your own business and yeah. I was kind of smiling when you mentioned earlier that at the time that you were, you know, doing all your interviews in red carpets, it was so hard to find modest clothing, but you opened a modest boutique. So I want, I <laughs> yes. want to hear you talk about that a little bit. So another challenging part of my life, as I'm sure the whole world went through the <laughs> pandemic was yes. a crazy thing. And I had lost my job. Blessing and obviously not a blessing because I need money to pay my bills, but I really wasn't happy with my job. Mm. Like I really wasn't like I would cry sometimes on the train going into work just because the environment was just not great. So God knew what he was doing. So it was fine. (laughs) (laughs) But I, yeah, I don't know. I always saw, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of apostolics too. They are opening like these little boutiques and we had just gone to Youth Congress and there was so many now boutiques that were growing that they were able to have like their own kind of like little mall Mm. and they were selling like all these different clothes and it was just like so awesome to see. And I was like, I want to do that. I could do that. And, you know, living in New York, I kind of have a different style and there were still things, you know, that I didn't really like. Like, yeah, it was Mm. modest. It was cute, but it wasn't really me. Mm. So I was like, man, there's definitely have to be like a different way for, you know, to see you could still dress modestly, but do, you know, find like cooler things, I guess, in my mind. (laughs) Well, yeah, we don't all have to look exactly the same. Right, exactly. (laughs) So I don't know. And I was always in, in the back of my mind, like something I wanted to try at least. Oh, I had nothing, literally nothing to do. <laughs> and nobody was leaving. So I was literally sitting, we were sitting in our apartment. And I was like, you know, I should just try to figure it out. So I started reaching out to like a few of these boutiques that I was following just to see if they would kind of like give advice. And there was this one girl, she lives in California, and she wasn't really active for a little bit. But I don't know, I kind of, her name like popped up into my mind and I messaged her and she messaged me back. She's like, oh, actually, like, you know, my sister and I, we love helping other people like start their boutiques. So like she now does that too. Like she helps people like figure things out and how to like start your own business. She's so sweet. And so she kind of, she didn't really know like all of the laws in New York and what to do. So she kind of just directed me and what to ask for, which is really helpful Mm because you need all of like these certificates and you need to apply for this and sales tax and like all these things I didn't know Mm. and kind of like where to find vendors and things to buy clothes. So she really helped me a lot and I was able to figure some stuff out and, you know, one thing led to another and I was doing it all and it kind of, you know, happened and it was so much fun to see, you know, the response that I got and the support of my church, my family, my friends. And it's been so cool. It's been awesome. It's been a very big learning experience to run a business. Yeah. And I did get a job. Thank God. He blessed me with an amazing job that I have now that I've waited for also for a very long time. And it was very hard that week. (laughs) (laughs) But it was completely worth it. And I have been slacking a little bit with the business Royal K Boutique as the name. And, 
yeah, but I'm trying to, you know, slowly get back into it and just trying to find a balance between it all life, work, and, you know, my side business that eventually I would like it to be my only thing and that can support me and my family, but we'll get there one day. Yeah. Well, I love it. When you mentioned that, you know, it was, it's a little bit different style than a lot of the other ones that you see. And that stood out to me whenever I first saw it. And I was just like, it's, it's unique. All of it's still modest and holy and beautiful, but it's, it is, it's its own specific style. I love it. I've purchased from you. I think um, your stuff is great. (laughs) Thank you. I'm always excited when you post up new, new pictures because I'm like, (laughs) and also because I happen to know a lot of your models. So (laughs) that's always fun to see like, who is that's so fun. I know. That's really great. I'm excited for you and I hope people will go check it out. Royal K Boutique. It's, you're not going to be sorry. It's great stuff. Well, the final question of our show is always Mm -hmm. the same. Our show is called Good Question and we're all about asking questions. So I want to (laughs) know, what is a good question you're asking yourself lately? Oh man, Uh, (laughs) that's a good question. (laughs) So I guess I know everyone has been struggling with the pandemic and going through a lot of things and trying to juggle our mental health and all of these different things and emotions. And, you know, I think it's, it's been an attack too, for a lot of people and a lot Mm -hmm. of youth that I've seen and talking, uh, talk to people and they've, they're all like, you know, struggling with something emotional or something mentally and obviously other things. But I think that was like a big thing that I've noticed and what I've been struggling with myself and trying to balance that with, you know, the word of God and how to fight that. Mm -hmm. And I think the question I always have to ask myself is, you know, is what I'm feeling truth or is it a misbelief that I'm making myself want to believe? And that's something that, uh, you know, I've been exploring by myself with also counseling because there's things that are going on with me that I need to work out and I can't figure it out on my own and I need someone to guide me. And also using, you know, God and and my faith and having him guide me as well. But for me, that's a big thing is what I'm feeling and what my emotions are. Are they true or is it a lie that I'm telling myself? Mm. And I think it's important to do that every day because there's things that come into at least my mind all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> where, you know, it can just affect me and my whole day and everything around me. And Yep. I know. That's my fight. Yeah. My daily fight. <laughs> I remember I and I feel bad because I can't remember who said it, but I remember listening to a podcast several years ago and I I wrote the quote down because it impacted me so much. It was somebody said, I used to believe that everything I thought was true. Like if the thought came into my mind, it was the truth. And she's like, and I just don't believe that anymore. And I think that's so powerful. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're big fans around here of of counseling and of figuring out like what's the problem behind the problem. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is it's a lie that we've that somehow we've decided is the truth and we're living our life based off of that. And it's, if we can Mm -hmm. untangle those lies, then we can find the freedom and the healing and the growth on the other side. So it's so true. I believe that. I love that question. It's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again for coming on. I really, I, this has been a a beautiful testimony. I I love hearing the Mm -hmm. stories of God moving in people's lives. And so I know it's going to bless somebody. I appreciate you so very much. 
No, thank you. And it's a blessing to me too. I like I said, we just bought a house and it's been, you know, stressful and it's hard to see how things can move. But talking about how God has been so involved in my life and give my testimony, it's just a reminder that, you know, God is still with me. He's still here and he's going to make a way for everything. He, he yeah. absolutely is. I'm yeah. so excited to see how thank he you. keeps working with you, <laughs> in you, <Yeah>. through you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I so appreciated Kathy's openness and vulnerability to share the personal parts of her story with me. I hope our conversation brings hope to someone today. If you've walked away from God, if you've been angry at Him because it seems like He hasn't answered your prayers, but things aren't working out for you away from Him either, come home. He's still here. He's waiting for you with open arms. And if you're praying for a prodigal, someone who has known and walked with God but is currently running from Him, I encourage you to hold on to the truth that Kathy shared. Once we have His Spirit in us, there is nowhere we can run that He won't reach us. The knowledge we have and the experience that we share with Him never leaves us. No matter how long it has been, it is not too late. We would love to hear how this episode touched you. You can find us on social media. On Instagram, we are at Good Question Show, and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T, as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also find our show page on Facebook by searching Good Question with Jessica Tanderup Podcast. We are also always happy to read your emails. Our email address is goodquestionshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media and is produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup. My co-producer, editor, and another person with a testimony that God never lets you run too far is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week. We will be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.